Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Epic Real Estate Investing Podcast, Episode 21. You're about to meet a man that can show you how he took control of his life and financial future and how you can do the same. He's never been on TV. He's not a millionaire. And he does not know Donald Trump. He is a full-time real estate investor, newly discovered author, and family man. And family man. He does not report to a boss. He creates his own schedule and takes his family on a few vacations every year. He got started investing in real estate with almost no money and a really crummy credit score. And he's going to show you exactly how he did it and how he continues to do it. Continues to do it. You will have to work. You will have to be responsible. However, laying by the beach sipping fruity drinks is a reasonable goal. Without further delay, without further delay, your guru, your guru, um, uh, sorry, your guide to a better life through real estate investing, through real estate investing. Matt Terrio, Matt Terrio. Hello and greetings from the Epic Real Estate Investing Podcast, the podcast that will show you how to build wealth through creative real estate investing. So you will have the option to realistically retire in the next 10 years or less and enjoy the good life while you're still young enough to do so. My name is Matt Terrio, author, full-time real estate investor, and family man. If this is your first time listening to this show, you'll want to do two things. First of all, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. But first, you're going to want to go back and listen to episode one for the ground rules of the show. And two, download the free real estate investing course, How to Do Deals, No Money Required. And you can get that at freerealestateinvestingcourse.com. It's a step-by-step course of where I unveil the mystery around doing deals with no money or credit. You can get that at freerealestateinvestingcourse.com. So today, before we get into it, I got a few things that I wanted to share. I hadn't visited iTunes in a while, and I noticed a few reviews of the show. So thank you. Thank you for your reviews. Thank you to all of you that have stopped by to leave your comments. I was pleased to see that all the reviews were five-star reviews, and you know, and if you didn't know, that really helps the show in iTunes, in the iTunes search system, meaning the more good reviews, the easier it is for others to find the show. So thank you for that. So I wanted to read some of those reviews just to acknowledge those people that took the time to go and do that. Some of these reviews are really, really cool. This one comes from Fret Fudger, worth your time, five stars says Matt holds nothing back and shares everything he knows about real estate investing. Subscribe and enjoy. Thank you, Fred Fudger. I thank you for that comment. 
Uh, next one says by C Football Fan. Excellent five star review. Very straightforward, honest approach. Highly recommended. Love it. Thank you. And then this one, five star review. Another comes from RH Lock. Says, I made $6,500 on my first deal. Says, first, I want to thank Matt, Terrio, and Sean Terry. I downloaded the podcast on my iPhone. I wanted something to listen to while driving. I got really motivated by the material. I told a few people that I was thinking about flipping houses. A family member told me about a house that was for sale cheap. Long story short, I got the deal under contract. Put out some for sale signs because I did not have my investors list started. The day after, I had a buyer and a contract to sell. The whole process took about 21 days from start to finish. Title search took about 10 days. After closing costs, I took home just under $6,500. I was nervous the whole time. I was unsure about myself the whole time, but I stayed with it. I realized that everything kind of fell into my lap. I also realized that from the podcast alone, I had enough knowledge to put this thing together and recognize the deal. It worked for me. I am $6,500 richer. Thanks, Matt. Well, RH Lock, you are welcome. Awesome story. Thanks for sharing that with me. Thank you for those reviews. Keep them coming. That was, that was awesome. Great to hear, especially if you're putting the stuff to work and making money at it. So thank you. And another thing, you know, the Epic Pro Academy is is coming along really nicely and not as fast as I had hoped. I've obviously missed my November 15th deadline, but it's coming and I'm filling it with a ton of information. I want to make sure I don't miss anything, particularly anything that might cost you an opportunity or might cost you some money. So I'm making sure I'm getting all my bases covered, make sure that you have all the information that you need to succeed at this real estate investing game. Also, I have supercharged the Epic Analyzer. You know, for those of you that have downloaded the free real estate investing course, you know what that is. And you probably also know that the Epic Analyzer it has its limits, although it does serve its purpose. Its purpose is to evaluate a property to basically reveal whether you have a deal or not in just a matter of seconds. And, you know, putting this whole academy together has been a little more of a challenge than I had expected Uh, The challenge comes from coordinating my team of professionals of which are putting this together. We're putting this together collectively. Nonetheless, it's coming along really nicely and should be complete any day now. And I'll certainly keep you up to date and let you know when you can check it out. And with regard to those reviews, if you've got some reviews, you know, please send them in. I could certainly use them. So here's the deal. I'm just thinking of this on the top of my head. If you put some of this information to use and you've experienced some results, go ahead and and send me that review. And if you put it in a video format, I will reward you for that. I will give you access to the Epic Pro Academy for free. You'll become a free member. That'll be my gesture of appreciation and gratitude for you helping me out with that. This testimonial I just found on iTunes, I mean, what a shocker to see someone made 6500 bucks just out of the blue. And, you know, you have, I sit here in my office and I record these podcasts and, you know, sometimes I just have really no idea where this information lands and how people put it to use unless you guys tell me about it. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Alrighty then, continuing on with our series of interviews from real estate investors, real real estate investors doing deals in today's market. I have a friend and an associate on the line today, of which I've known for a few years. She hails from Canada, the country just north of the United States, and she now resides here in Southern California. She's one of the more respected wholesalers and fix and flippers here in the area with several deals under her belt, as well as several deals, active deals today at, at different stages of development. And the one thing, you know, I really respect about her is that I know how persistent you have to be to make real estate investing work and make it work successfully and profitably. And her being from another country, 
she's had to jump through quite a few more hoops than those of us who are American citizens just to complete some of the more simple transactions. So I've got a lot of respect for her for doing that. I mean, it takes a lot of tenacity and spirit and persistence. So on the phone today, I'm joined by Christy Sertwell. Christy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt. Glad that you're here. Um, so as as we get started, uh, I just wanted to, I guess, uh, get a little bit of your background and, and learn how did you, basically, how did you get started investing in real estate and what was your initial attraction to real estate? I bought my first property. Um, when I was in my early 20s, and I honestly went into it a little bit uh, without any knowledge whatsoever, but I just knew I wanted to own a house instead of paying rent. So um, I ended up renting some rooms out to students and kind of realizing quickly that I could get my mortgage pretty much covered. So I liked the idea of, of that and having somebody else pay off my mortgage and cash flow. So a couple more properties, but it wasn't until maybe three years ago or so that I kind of went into it full-time, um, into the flipping and rehabbing business. So now I do that full-time for a living, and uh, we'll, we'll eventually, again, when we bought them out, put, put that money back into more rental properties. Uh-huh. Got it. So you're, I know you're flipping property, and you're eventually going to move on to the holding. Um, what is your primary acquisition strategy? Where do you find most of your deals? Um, a couple different ways, but basically they're all coming off the MLS, uh, but they're bought to us a couple of different ways uh, through realtors that we have relationships with in different markets and also through wholesalers, so um, more of a bird dog where they're, they're out there scouting the market for us as well. Um, the odd time we actually get stuff brought to us privately so it hasn't made the MLS yet, but it's maybe brought through a realtor that we've made a relationship with. They just haven't put on the MLS yet, so we have uh-huh. those brought to us privately. Got it. Um, yeah. But your your primary source is the multiple listing service, right? Yeah. And then your main exit strategy at the moment is uh, flipping the property, correct? Yes. I'm not currently buying any to hold. I'm flipping them all. Got it. So... My my question is, you know, the multiple listing service, I've always been like, I've kind of stayed away from that, particularly if I was looking for a fix and flip, because it's just kind of tough to find equity. How are you able to do it? Um, usually, we're we're just seeing an opportunity that somebody else has been. Um, we, we've kind of, part of it has been we've narrowed down to just a few different cities that we work in now. And I think that's key because before we were trying to take over all of L.A. and Orange counties, and that really didn't do us any favors because I think we, what we ended up, what was happening, we were missing deals because we didn't recognize them as a deal. So now that we've narrowed down on um, just a few different cities, uh, when something comes up on the MLS, we, we can recognize it as a deal. We know those areas a lot better. So that, that's a large part of how we're finding stuff. Got it. So knowing your market is a biggie. Yep. Got it. And then uh, I can, I just still have to imagine though, you probably write a lot of offers. Is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh. Is that, is that because that's really accurate or kind of accurate? Uh, in the beginning, 
I'll tell you how I got started. I wrote 250 offers to get one deal. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, that that has gone way down uh, because I don't, you know, I have relationships built. It's, it's a little easier to spot deals. Uh, but yeah, it, in the beginning, it was quite a few offers, and it's just until you kind of get the hang of even how to write the offers. That's just kind of what you have to go through. So, so now I would say, on average. Um, we have, when I say we, it's myself and a couple other, um, wholesalers, we're probably putting in on average three to five offers a day. Three to five a day. Yeah. And so that would be, let's say 15 a week. How many deals or how many of those do you get accepted a week? Um, well, we kind of based it on a, on a yearly goal and our goal this year was to buy 20 houses. Mm -hmm. And so far we're at. Uh, 17 houses. So, nice. Um, if you kind of work out the math, that's about what it is. Got it. So that's uh, you're probably on track to do. I guess you're doing about two a month. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Well, that's not bad. I mean, everyone's got their own strategy, and doing two a month that's that's awesome. Uh, yep. Do you do you do any type of of marketing? Um, no, I did a little bit of direct mail, but I mean, hardly enough to even, you know, say that that's really one acquisition strategy. So not really. I mean, the odd time I'll send out a, a postcard, but uh, it's not really something I do on a consistent basis. Got it. Okay. What are some of your favorite online resources that you use and whether that's to generate leads or find leads or, you know, to run your analysis, do your due diligence? Do you have any favorite online resources? Um, no, we just use the MLS to uh, really do everything through. The, the only other website that we do go to is Redfin, um, which is just data pulled from the MLS and other real estate sites. Uh, but other than that, it, it's really, I would say, 90% we rely on the MLS. So I would say if you don't have it, go get it. <laughs> right. Find a way to get, it, get access to it. Right. You really don't need anything else if you if you've got that. Absolutely. Um, so the big question on the show and from the audience is, where do you find the money for your deals? Well, there's an old saying, when the deal appears, the money will appear next. And that is true. Um, I did have some of my own capital to start. And uh, when I partnered with my, my business partner full-time, he also brought some capital to the table. Um, but obviously, you run out of that pretty quick. Uh, we're we're in a market where we're purchasing on average two hundred fifty to three hundred thousand uh, dollar houses. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't take long to buy one or two of those, and your money's pretty much gone. So um, beyond that, we started just letting everybody in the world know what what it is that we do. And surprisingly, all these uh, people, private individuals with with money, showed an interest in earning. 10 to 12 percent, and those are the people that we work with now. Just pay the 10 to 12 percent, and uh, you know, put their money in a trustee position on the property, so it's security against the property, mm-hmm. and that's that's what we use. So uh, we also have used hard money in the past, and that just means basically somebody else's money, 10 to 12 percent, but you're also paying points on top of that. Mm-hmm. So the benefit of doing that is, is it is a lot quicker to to fund the deal. So if we need something funded really quickly, hard money is definitely a good resource for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Got it. So you'd said something right in the beginning. You'd said, you know, when the when the deal appears, so does the money. Um, what? T- tell me a little bit more more about that. What your experience is, um, and and specifically, like when you do have a deal and and you go to your money sources, how do you ask for it, and how do you present your opportunities to your money sources? Um, uh, well, to back up a little bit, I think a large part of it is just being out there and having people know what it is you do for a living. But everybody knows you're in the business of building houses. The, the money people need us as much as we need them. Mm-hmm. Because they've got me sitting there and it's no good to them if they're not earning any return on it. So... They're looking for, they don't want to do all that hands-on stuff. They've already been there and done that. So they're looking for people who don't mind taking the active role, and they can just hand their money over and earn you know, a decent return on it. So it's just really staying involved with uh, the real estate clubs, real estate investing clubs all over L.A. and Orange County, just kind of keeping your faith in the community and you know, when people know that that's what you do for a business, you, you almost kind of start getting phone calls from people. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to go and seek it. After a while, you, you just get calls out of the blue. It seems. So just it's just having a presence. And I would say, uh, you asked a question earlier about online. Well, I would say in terms of just building your credibility and building your name as a business, Facebook has been a tool to help me do that. And again, it's not, it's not even about pitching anything or going on there and asking for money. It's just about posting before and after pictures of a property. And that just goes a long way to show somebody that you are a mm-hmm. Got it. So you use Facebook as a platform to essentially just, you know, show off your, your success and convey your competence. Yeah, and even if you're just getting started, I would say just, you know, Promote that one property you've done like crazy, and and show people that you know what you're doing. And the, mm-hmm. the money will be for people will want to work with you. Right. Right. Exactly. Um. So tell me, what what is the uh, the typical day for for Christy look like? Um. Well, today my day started at five thirty, uh-huh. <laughs> and I was at a job site in Arcadia by 7 o'clock doing a final walkthrough for a property that hopefully will get listed on the market in a couple of days. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was part of it. Uh, Trip to Home Depot. Hopefully I won't have to do all this running around eventually as my business evolves, but that for now is part of the project management. Um, The other part of the day is just scouting for deals, checking in with wholesalers, uh, maybe Somebody's got a deal, somebody has to go by and see it, so I'll run and take a look at the property. Um, getting bids for new jobs that we have starting. Um, just some investor relations. So if we have current properties on the go, we want to make sure we keep in contact with our investors to let them know how the, the progress is going, just to stay in touch with them, with mm-hmm. some of that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, of course, networking. Right. So you build any, any kind of business, I think, that's the way to do it. Right. So that's, that's a typical day. <laughs> a it. long day. Right? No, it is, definitely. I mean, we all experience the same thing, and it seems like we all do the exact same stuff. Um, how, has your, how has your approach to investing changed since you got started? Um, I would say 
it's a you never stop learning. Um, and you, you're always in the beginning. I would say it was different because you know I had like two deals my first year, and now you know with 20 deals in one year, you have to put some kind of system in place, or you're going to very quickly go to business. So um, part of it has just been developing that system, which you know you, you don't need to develop the system if you don't have any properties going. But now that now that I do. It's just kind of how do I figure out how to manage all of it. Mm-hmm. So from that point, it's changed, but also from a market standpoint, it's changed, and, it, and it's still changing. So the key is also to stay on top of what's going on in the marketplace. Are we you know, going up anytime soon? Are we still in a decline? Uh, and just a variety of other things that could affect the real estate market. You really have to kind of keep an eye on that stuff. And, you know, what, I, I could end up setting goals for next year that I may not meet because I have to instantly change my goals because of something that's happened in the market that's not within my control. Mm-hmm. So it's, <laughs> you just have to almost be ready to roll with the punches depending on what changes happen that, you know, you don't really have a, a say in. So. Mm-hmm. Well, that leads perfectly into my next question is in what ways do you stay up to date with the market and what types of things or indicators do you look for? Um, I stay in touch with a different economist. Um, I just finished reading the book, The Aftershock. Mm -hmm. And uh, just anything to do with, it doesn't even have to be real estate related. It could be economy related. It could be budget related. It could be job loss, job gain, anything to do with that, I, I'm trying to read it and learn it and uh, form my own opinions on how that could end up affecting the real estate market. So obviously, the last thing I want to do is buy a house and have the the, the uh, value decline like it did in, in 08, where you know, it was dropping so fast that your profits are immediately wiped out. So I think flipping is still a really good strategy to do. It's just a matter of getting in getting out really quickly um, so that you don't get caught in that drop. Right. Right. So so based on your experience and what you know now, based on your current knowledge, where do you think the market is headed? Down. <laughs> Sorry to be a downer, but uh, I don't think we're going up anytime soon. I think we'll be bumping along the bottom for a little while yet, uh, but there's, there are some predictions that we will experience something like we did in 08 again. Really? Um, again, I, I'm learning as I go, uh, but I'm seeking out the people that have been right in the past and that you know have credibility in my eyes, and that's kind of what it's leaning towards. So, you know, do I think that, that you can get properties in Riverside for, for land value? Sure. You know, will they go down much more than they have? Probably not when you're buying at land value. Uh, however, you know, there's still some areas that even I'm flipping houses in where, to me, it doesn't even make sense that a two-bedroom, one-bathroom they'll be selling for half a million dollars. So could that drop to 300000 That's what some people are saying. So I'm just being cautious of, and like I say, the, the key to uh, managing that risk is just getting in, getting out quickly. It's not going to drop in a matter of a month. So, 
So, yeah, I mean, I, I see I see it as kind of bad overall for for the U.S., but in a way, I see just a ton more opportunity ahead. Right, right. So, so that that well, you're just you're just falling right into my next questions perfectly. <laughs> when uh, <laughs> when so if you're if you think it's going we're going down some more. And according to you, I mean, you, you think we might be going down significantly. Um, and just for everyone that li- that's listening, you are in Southern California, so you're you're basing that information on the Southern California market, right? Yes. Okay. So, what types of things are you doing to prepare? Are you 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 adopting a different strategy, or are you just stocking uh, stocking some money away? How are you preparing for this? If that's what you think, where you think the market is headed? Um, I'm trying to become more liquid. So right now I have, I, I think I have too many deals going and I just need to, you know, sell some of those quickly. We, we seem to just have a period of time there where we picked up a lot of properties. And um, Anyway, so we're quickly just turning those and getting them out the door. And I might just try to keep more cash um, aside and not, not get too uh, overextended in any way. I think the key will be to have some cash when when the time is right. Uh, just you know, just as a personal safety net, and also just to be able to buy good deals, more good deals. Mm-hmm. So, but I think flipping is still the way to go um, because because you can get in and out of it so fast. Um, I think the one thing that I would do now is not buy any more uh, six month project or longer. I would just I would just go back to um, the ones that I know and I can do really well, which are like the four-week rehabs, kind of get in and out, get them relisted, and I think that's really kind of the safe zone mm-hmm. for me, for me anyway. Sure, sure. Yeah, it sounds like uh, I've known you for a while, and I, I think I, we met right about the both time uh, both of us got started. Um, and you, you can certainly always tell when you're talking to somebody who's actually out there on the court and, and playing the game. And I'm certainly, I certainly know that you are, and you can tell that you're very educated and experienced. How much have you actually invested in your real estate investing education, and, and how much did you feel you needed ahead of time before you actually, you know, got the courage and the confidence to go out there and get started? I would say, gosh, I, I'm not sure. I'd have to really add it up over the years, but. Definitely uh, tens of thousands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say from around the twenty to twenty-five thousand mark. But when you add up um, how that's been able to pay me back over time, I mean, I, I don't know if I could have done it any other way. Right. You know, you just—it's like, why would you get into any profession with not having had some kind of formal training? Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, I just found the courses that made sense to me, and, and honestly, it took a while to narrow down what it was I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So, and it, it took a few, di- a few different classes to really think about. Well, you know, this strategy maybe doesn't make sense for me, so I'm not gonna, not gonna pursue that. So, it did take a little while, but after a while, you you seem to realize what resources do you have, and what strategy would they, would they best fit with, and that's kind of what you end up doing. Right. Do you continue to invest in your education? Oh, yeah, definitely. In what ways? Um, just staying in touch with uh, the real estate investing world, finding out uh, what teachers are coming to town, taking additional classes. I, I read, I try to read a lot. 
focused on a variety of topics, not not just real estate, but personal development. That has a lot to do with running your own business, believe it or not. Um, and it's like like I said, the economy stuff, I try to stay on top of that. Um, so it's just a lot of reading, a lot of media, um, a lot of, I, I try to make friends with people who are doing more deals than I'm doing. So obviously, they're doing something right. They're still in business and you know, you can learn from those people. Um, so, right. that's what I... Nice, nice. So, what is something mm-hmm. that you now know that you wish you would have known when you got started? I guess uh, when I got started, I really did have did not have an idea of what it would take to run a business. And there's nothing really I would have done any differently. I still would have jumped in with both feet, which is what I did. But, uh, yeah, it, it, <laughs> when you've never run a business before and suddenly, you know, you're trying to run a, a, a multi-million dollar real estate company, it's, uh, it, it can be a little overwhelming. I just don't know if there's any way I could have prepared myself more for that. Yeah, I think to some degree you just have to take the classes um, and then the next step is to just do it. Mm-hmm. So. Got it. Got it. So, um, about, I guess it was about a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago, I'd sent out a survey to all of the listeners and asked them what were their most burning questions about real estate investing. And, I've got a bunch of them here, and I just wanted to fire these off at you and see um, if you can give an answer for these and help them out. Just give them a different perspective, and uh, we'll just have a little fun with it. If you can answer it good, if not, just say pass, say next question. Sound, sound good? Okay. Okay? Sounds good. All right. So question, uh, this question, are, what were the steps in growing and selecting your power team? Who came first and why? And what's a good way to structure payment of professional services or legal advice if initial funds are minimal. So there's a lot there. So what were the steps? We'll start with the first part. What were the steps in growing and selecting your power team? Who came first and why? To me, it's just, I'm the type of person who just jumps in with both feet, does it, um, and figure out who I need along the way. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a matter of, okay, you know, I've got this business, now I have to think about who do I need on my team? It was never, it was never like that. It was just I knew I had to get a property. That's how you start a flipping business: buy a property. So how do you buy a property? You meet a realtor, and so I probably met a gazillion realtors before I thought about, oh, this one kind of gets the investing side of things. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, not to say you burn any bridges, but it's just a, a bit of a number go through, and partly for yourself, and then you can know what is your criteria, where, what city are you going to invest in, what type of property. So that was step one in my mind. And right. The second step is the next thing you have is the property, and you need a contractor to fix it up. So, you know, you're always kind of thinking, you know, wait till you buy the property, then get the contractor, but you're thinking ahead, so what is, what is the next step going to be? So... If you can be logical about it like that, um, it helps. You can mm-hmm. be thinking ahead, what's the next resource I'm going to need? 
So all, a lot of those resources just came through network. I would join local real estate investing groups. I would join a local networking group in general and just try to get referrals, word of mouth to contractors and realtors and lenders. That, that was probably 95% of the way I built up my resource. Right. So you just kind of picked them up, just went through the process and went and found people as you needed them. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Who would you say is the most important person on your team to your success? Um, at this point in time, I would say it's my business partner. Um, I don't think we would be at the level. I don't think I would be at the level I would have been two years ago if it hadn't been for joining forces with him. Mm-hmm. So. So what what did your business partner bring to the table that you were missing? I guess uh, we we both came to the table with different uh, skills, mm-hmm. which was good. You don't fall both of the table with the exact same uh, resources. So uh, he had some capital. I had a little bit of capital. He had a, a lending and a short sale background. I had the uh, project management experience. Um, and I think when when you have one person with a lot of enthusiasm for the business, you know, that's one thing. But when you have two people, it's almost like you, you can quadruple the amount of enthusiasm because now you've got two people, and when you put two heads together, it's just more ideas, more possibilities. So right. that, that was it for me this year anyway. Right. Nice. So what's a, um, what's a good way to, I guess, structure payment for your professional service? How did you do that in the beginning, say, when – you know, a lot of your money is designated toward the property itself, but you still need the, the professionals to work with. Um, did you get creative at all in, in structuring your payment, or you just paid them straight what they asked for? Um, there, there's always room for negotiation. I would say if, uh, if you're doing a property and it costs you 25000 to pay a contractor to do the work, and you don't have 25000 to pay him along the way for the work you're doing, you probably shouldn't be in the fixed and split business. You should have some uh, contingency built up somewhere. Um, it's just too risky to be running so thin and not being able to make those payments. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, the reality of the business is you can't do every single thing by the book initially because you, you don't even have a business built. So until you get that one or two properties, you know, I think I bought the first one just in my personal name, which probably wasn't the right thing to do, but at least it got me started. Then it was like, okay, I need a corporation. I got that set up. So it's just a matter of seeing the need for the service and and having done something in the business so that you brought in some income so that you can pay to do the next step. So it, it is hard to budget. There's no doubt about it. Because it, it, every step of your business, you're always going to have budgeting concerns and cash flow concerns. It's just going to be at a different level. Mm-hmm. So it's just managing that. And it's uh, the most important, one of the most important things I've done this year, actually, is to develop a cash flow uh, worksheet. Because the last thing I want to do is you know, get to a, a property um, and, and buy a property and not be able to start that remodel because I'm out of money to do it. 
So I, I never want to let myself get in that position. So, so it's it's hard to budget, but if you are in the six and foot business, it is critical to somehow have access to some capital to start the business. Mm-hmm. Cool. I think we answered that question pretty thoroughly. Yep. Uh, next question. I know you 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 have a, a couple specific areas that you work in, so I, I imagine that you see a lot of people, the, the same people over and over in the industry um, or in your area. Can you, this is the question, can you work together with the competition in your area to get started and learn from them? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because um, I've actually wholesaled some properties to some of my colleagues and they've actually sold me properties and it just depends on where you're at in your business. If you have too many properties and you want to wholesale one, then that competition now becomes your client. So I think it's just a matter of working together, and there's enough houses to go around for everybody, so I never see it really as a conflict. Got it. Got it. Let's see. Um, I know you don't do, you're not really doing any buy and holds at the moment, so I'm trying to find some more fix and flip type questions. Here's a good one. Um, the uh, how can you find people? Because I know, because I'm on your email list, so I know you send me deals every once in a while. How can you? How do you find your people to refer your deals to? Like, when if something does doesn't fit your criteria, or you don't have room for it. How how can you still, I guess, capitalize on that deal? Um, I guess again, a lot of it has been word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, when I didn't know anybody here, I would just go on Craigslist and try to find um, buyers. I would also show up at the real estate investing clubs to kind of find out who's who's doing what and, and to see if, um, if there's buyers there, and there are. Um, not everybody actually buys, so it's going through and kind of finding out the, the Curious ones that actually want to buy, mm-hmm. um, but it, yeah, a lot of it's just word of mouth. Too. You do one deal with one person, and next thing you know, they're passing your name on to a friend of theirs who's also looking for a property. So, just a lot of a lot of networking and word of mouth, mostly. Right. I mean, there's really no way around it. I mean, it's a people business, and if you want to do the business, yeah. you got to get out there amongst the people. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Um, okay. What are your three, Christy Sertwell's top three rehab tips? Uh, all right, rehab tips. Hmm. Uh, don't over remodel for the neighborhood, mm-hmm. which is always tempting to do because you want to make a $250,000 house look like a million dollars. And just the reality is, is sometimes you'll just never get your money back out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, always build in a contingency. So if you think it's going to cost $20,000, you might want to just plan in the back of your mind that it could be a couple thousand more for surprises. Mm-hmm. And hmm, the other thing I do is um, I try to see any new contractor that I think I'm thinking about hiring. I try to see a previous job of theirs. So if they've just completed a job somewhere, I try to go to that job site just to take a look at their work and just kind of do some due diligence to make sure I'm getting into into a good 
situation. Right. Great. So yeah. number one was don't overbuild for the neighborhood. And mm -hmm. number two was uh, building a contingency, a safety net, so to speak, because there's always surprises in rehabs. And mm -hmm. three is do your research on your rehab team. Yeah. I love it. I think that's a great one. I know the only really, yeah. I haven't really lost any significant money in a deal yet, but I know where there is more, more money or there was money to where I could have made more. There are situations where I could have made more money was definitely by maybe selecting my rehab team a little bit better. So I think that's, right. that, was, that was a good team to, right. good, good uh, point to point out. Great. So thank you. Um, here's a, uh, I got two more questions for you. If you lost everything today and had to start from scratch, how would you restart? I'd probably do the exact same thing I did. <laughs> Just jump in with both feet uh, and build it the exact same way I did. Just mm -hmm. through networking, word of mouth, um, and kind of just following the similar plan. I mean, I think it should go faster the second time around because if you already have the the systems and the, the strategies in place, then it's just a matter of implementing and getting back to work. Right, right. So what, so what you're doing is working and you do the exact same thing? Yes, I would. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. So, Christy, what's in your future right now that you're really, really excited about? Well, uh, just where I see the market going, whether that's good or bad to, to people. Um, to me, I just always see opportunities, no matter what type of market we're in. And that's what gets me out of bed every morning, just thinking about all the opportunities to, to do what I'm doing, flipping houses, building up capital, and then eventually when, when things are at rock bottom and, you know, you can't buy any cheaper, you know, that will be the time to just start accumulating and, you know, eventually lead to retirement. So right. that's, that's what gets me excited in the morning, so... There is a lot of opportunity in today's market right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And you obviously yeah. see the same thing. That's great. Well, Christy, thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you've got a very busy one. Um, you know, would you mind coming back in, in the future and then sharing a little bit more about yes, the, your progress? To. I would love to, Matt. Thank awesome. You. Thanks a lot. And, uh, and I will see you at the, uh, the real estate clubs soon, I'm sure. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. You bet. Take care. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay. So that's it for today. And until next time, I do have another interview with a real live real estate investor doing deals in today's market. No cheerleaders, no coaches, no mentors, no Monday morning quarterbacks, just real live real estate investors doing deals. Nothing to sell, nothing to promote, no hidden agenda. Just here to give back and share their information, what's working for them and what's working for them right now in today's market and to share that with you. Okay? So until next time, as a very wise person once said, everyone who achieved success in a great venture solved each problem as they came to it. They helped themselves. And they were helped through powers known and unknown to them at the time they set out on their voyage. They keep going regardless of the obstacles they met. To your success, I'm Matt Terrio, living the dream. Thank you for spending this time with Matt Terrio and the Epic Real Estate Investing Podcast. Real Estate Investing Podcast. When you have a moment. 
Stop by iTunes to leave your comments and let us know what you think of the show. And if you haven't done so already, get started investing today by visiting freerealestateinvestingcourse.com to access Matt's free course, How to Do Deals, No Money Required. Until next time. To your success. To your success. To your success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.